In this episode, we're talking about the fears people have about starting an H-Play business and why we must overcome them. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education, and stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in, and join us on this next adventure. Before we start, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Cubby Cubby and the Garby Gubby people. We honour their songlines and storylines and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which you are listening to this episode. Hello and welcome to the Raising Wildlings podcast. Today, I'm your only host, Nikki Farrell. We're doing things a little bit differently today. We have got so much going on and I was typing up this outline and when I called Vicky, I said, you know what, I think I got this today. So hopefully, I know you'll miss Vicky, but hopefully I can do the podcast justice. They say change is as good as a holiday, so fingers crossed. But before I start, we're really excited to let you know that we'll be offering a free webinar called Educator to Entrepreneur, Steal Our Step-by-Step Roadmap for Growing Our Own Nature Play Business. We're going to be sharing with you all our tips to help you take your first step into the world as a nature play entrepreneur. This is the exact same behind the scenes process that we did ourselves when we first started Wildlings Forest School all those years ago. Now, we've never shared this training before, so it's definitely a don't miss event. We'll be running it on Thursday, the 25th of November at 7.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time, and you'll need to register for this webinar at wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash masterclass. We'll make sure we leave that link in the show notes for you. But today we are talking about the biggest fears that stop people from starting their own nature play business. Now, this episode comes from a place of love, but there is going to be a bit of straight shooting here. We've got quite a narrow demographic here at Wildlings, which is essentially parents and grandparents, generally, but not always educators or helpers of some kind who want to provide children with what they grew up with, but they're either scared or don't believe in themselves and their abilities enough to start their own business. And to be honest, most of them are women. And to be frank, it's bloody infuriating. (laughs) We've been teachers, we've worked with educators, and they are some of the most intelligent, critical thinking problem solvers and goddamn workhorses that I've ever met. If you've never worked with kids before, I just want you to imagine for a second that you suddenly have to understand and meet 25 of your most needy clients' wishes under your boss's deadlines, not your own, all at once, but then they have the emotional intelligence of a child and some of them can't toilet themselves or tie their shoelaces properly. Can you imagine? This is what educators deal with every single day. We have a bit of a saying here when we're hiring that we'd hire a mother or a teacher over nearly any other profession because we know they have the ability to multitask, meet multiple stakeholders' needs all at once and negotiate like the best terrorist negotiators in the world. And yet somehow everyone still leaves happy. And yet they doubt their abilities. Can you even believe it? I don't know anyone 
or any kind of industry or career person who could be possibly better at starting their own business than educators. I, I really, I really don't. But the reality is that many of you are not taking the leap to starting your own business simply due to fear. Fears cause us to avoid risk of any sort and reject any opportunities when they arise. Fear is the single biggest obstacle that holds people back from fulfilling their potential, achieving their goals and living their best life. The good news is that all fears are learned. No one is born with fears, which means they can be unlearned. So what are some of the fears that stop people from starting a business or achieving any other big hairy goal? Well, we've got a couple that we'd like to break down a little bit more. The first one is a fear of criticism. Now, as we we have well learned the hard way, anything worth doing, and I really mean anything, will 100% attract both admiration, which is great, and criticism, which sometimes is not so great. And there is absolutely no way to get around or avoid criticism when you run a business. It's a part of growth. No one, and I mean nobody, gets out unscathed. It's simply the price we pay for making a difference. But what would be worse would be withholding your gifts from the world. There's only one way to avoid criticism. That's to say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. So would you rather let criticism outweigh your desire for your dream job and your lifestyle? Or would you rather let your desire for happiness outweigh the potential for criticism? Don't allow criticism to pull you around and change your course. We need to filter it. You can choose to take parts of the criticism that you receive, or you can choose to just flat out ignore it. But don't let it sway you from your goals. Now, there are two types of criticism. I'm sure we've experienced both. There's the type that's aimed to help, you know, the constructive criticism, the reviews that say, you know, great service, but I wish there were more hash browns on my big breakfast. <laughs> I don't know. You know, that that's constructive feedback. And then there's the type aimed to hurt. We highly recommend only taking on the criticism that is aimed to help. There's absolutely no point taking on the criticism that's aimed to hurt because it's not there to help you anyway. We do recommend taking on the constructive feedback, but flat out criticism? No, not unless the person dishing out the criticism is, like Brene Brown says, in the same arena. Otherwise, their opinion just doesn't count. For example, you might have a family member trying to tell you that you're running your business wrong or that running a business is too risky, but they don't own a business and they're certainly not in your industry and they don't know the kind of work ethic and drive and passion that you have. So unless their feedback is constructive and helpful, don't worry about it. We do know, we've been there, that trying to distance yourself emotionally after receiving criticism can be really difficult. But after letting yourself feel all the feels, and we 100% recommend leaning into that, feel the feels, be upset, be angry, but don't wallow. Because the best thing you can do is focus on what can be learned and improved from the constructive criticism rather than taking it personally. It really is the only way to take on feedback without burning out and giving up. Constantly telling your brain that this is the only way you will grow, that this is the kick up the bum for positive change, is how you reframe your brain to take on feedback. It's the only way that our business has succeeded. And I can tell you, 
oh, we've received it. We've received all kinds. We've received the really helpful kind and that is what we've built our business on, honestly. But if we'd collapsed in a heap every time we got a review that was a bit too hard to stomach or an opinion from our family or even our husbands about why we weren't making much money in the early days, we wouldn't be here. I can flat out tell you that. And we certainly wouldn't have made the changes that we're now known for. The constructive feedback that we got in those early days are the, literally the foundations that we built this business on. But also, if we didn't outline our values and get pulled up on them every now and then and honour those values, then people wouldn't trust us as a business. There's a lot to be said for people and businesses that make mistakes but then take action to repair them. We're all human. We're not robots and we're going to make mistakes and we'll continue to make mistakes. That also means we need to take responsibility for those mistakes when, not if, they happen and try and repair them wherever possible. But remember, you'll cop flat for whatever you do, no matter how well you do it, because we're human, but so are other people. Our customers are human and we all have different opinions and expectations of what we want. We don't have the ability to change the words that were said, but we can change the meaning that we give them. So take on the feedback that resonates. For example, the things that you think your business can or yourself can improve on and turn them into meaningful change and actionable steps. Focusing on the criticism rather than what you do or change or how you can grow from the criticism will only lead to despair. So our advice for taking on your fear of criticism is really as simple as try not to wallow. (laughs) The next one we want to talk about is fear of risk. Now, you've all heard us talk about risk. Our culture has taught us to avoid risk like the plague. We know we run a business all about risky play, but avoiding risk is doing ourselves a great disservice. The only growth we ever get comes from being uncomfortable and getting outside of our comfort zone. That doesn't mean we think you should go out and start running five days a week and hiring 30 staff tomorrow, but we do absolutely recommend starting by setting smaller goals. Create yourself small achievable tasks because they will make things feel less scary and will increase your confidence in your ability and, in turn, your tolerance for risk. Some other advice about taking on risk is listen to your gut. We're animals at heart. We really are. So ask yourself a question out loud and listen to your body's reaction. If it's not a heck yes from your body, it should probably be a heck no. Trust yourself. Don't overthink things. You can do incredibly, incredibly scary things if you just put one foot in front of the other and take one step at a time, ticking one goal at a time. But then we might need to go a little bit deeper. Maybe ask yourself, what are you scared of and why? Is your perception of the risk real or imagined? Is it a fear of failure or change or rejection or criticism? What's the worst that could happen? And then what are the chances of that actually happening? When we talk about perceived risk a lot, for example, people are really worried about getting bitten by a snake in Australia, but actually they should be more worried about mosquitoes and bees and cows and dogs. In our case, the worst thing that could possibly happen if our business suddenly had to close tomorrow is that we'd have to go back to our teaching jobs. No, that's not ideal, but it's sure not life or death or poverty riddling. And I certainly wouldn't call that a failure on our behalf, and I certainly wouldn't call it a failed business. 
I have learned more about myself in the past five years than in any other phase of my life. I've grown in ways I honestly didn't think were possible. I'm a much, much better person than I was five years ago. I know we've positively impacted tens of thousands of children and families. We've provided flexible employment for human beings we are so proud to call our friends. And we run a business focused on conscious capitalism, and we love it. We know we can run a business and make a positive impact on our families, our community, our industry, and our planet. So even if we went bankrupt tomorrow, there's no way I would ever call this business or the journey we've been on a failure. So what are we scared of? The next thing we'd like to chat about is people-pleasing or our fear of offending. And I feel like I have a lot to say about this, and this is probably the place that I've grown the most. I still genuinely care. I really do care about people's feedback that come to our program, but I also don't take things too personally when, if and when we get criticism. It's been a hard road. It's been my best growth because everyone has an opinion, everybody. It doesn't matter whether it's the postie coming to drop things off to your, for your program, whether it's the mothers that are attending your program, whether it's the grandmothers or just old Joe Blow that's walking his dog through your, your program. They will all have an opinion, but those opinions don't define you. But if you let them, you'll be an absolute confused mess. I personally love the saying, somebody's opinion of you is actually none of your business. And in fact, I've had a friend recently say that they've heard some gossip about us and I was like, you know what, it doesn't matter because let's be honest, it doesn't matter how hard you try and please everyone, there'll always be someone who you'll offend or who won't like you. Now, I'm not saying you should walk around just being an arrogant asshole, (laughs) but we are saying that you can't please everyone and not everyone's going to like you or what you offer, no matter what you do. So the only thing you can do is be your most authentic self and don't sway for people's opinions. Yes, be empathetic, be kind, absolutely be inclusive, but don't sell your soul trying to be everything to everyone and to people please everyone. It doesn't matter what you do, you're going to ruffle some feathers, but not being yourself is a fast track to mental health issues. Hiding who you are or parts of who you are or trying to be someone you're not can really lead to confusion for your customers too. So you're better off not being someone's cup of tea right off the bat than leading them on for a while than coming out as someone they don't want to work with. Again, I need to make clear here, don't be an asshole. Just be yourself and you'll attract the people and business you're meant to attract. Set clear boundaries, set clear values and mission statements, and that way your potential staff and customers will self-filter themselves anyway. When we try and please everybody, we drain ourselves and that can cause us to be bitter and miserable and take that out on our loved ones. And I hate to break it to you, but the more you impact people, the more hate you'll get. And the bigger you grow, the more judgy people are. Tall poppy syndrome is rife here in Australia, but that doesn't stop people from being successful and achieving their lifestyle and and dreams unless you let it get to you. So The answer is simply try not to let it. The last thing I'd really like to cover, and this is probably the one that I think people don't speak about, but when we've been doing surveys about what's stopping people starting their business, it's essentially come down to imposter syndrome. It's that question of, 
Who am I to do this? Who am I to deserve this? Now, questioning whether you think you deserve success or whether you deserve to achieve something for yourself can come down to a few different things. It can be that feeling of imposter syndrome, so not feeling good enough, or perhaps like you don't know enough, so you don't think you should offer out your knowledge. It can be a lack of vision, but perhaps that lack of vision comes from wanting to play small, or it could be a bit of self-sabotage as well. Now, it's all well and good to acknowledge these things, but what we need to do is begin to understand your negative self-talk and self-sabotaging to help understand the fears behind them. So again, we're going back to fear. What are you scared of? What are the stories in your head that you're continuing to tell yourself? Is it fear of change, fear of risk? Is it fear of success? And if so, why do you think that way? Was it messages you were receiving in childhood? Was it messages you were receiving from an ex or perhaps even your current partner, family members? And then you need to ask yourself why you're playing small. Are you anxious of what success might mean? Are you worried about the new responsibilities that might come with owning your own business? Are you worried that there might be more complications or hard days than you can handle? Are you worried about receiving that negative feedback? I want to really make clear here that it's nothing you can't handle. We've had some really, really tough days here in the office. We're not going to hide that. I don't want this to, I would hate for people to start up a nature play business thinking that it's all going to be sunshine and roses and dream lifestyles from day one. But what I can tell you with my hand over my heart is that we've solved every single problem that's ever come our way just simply by putting one foot in front of the other. My other hot tip is that everything I mean, everything feels good after a night's sleep. So once you've acknowledged those fears, what you need to do is ask them, are they serving you right now? And what I mean by that is where you are right now, do you love, and I mean love your current job? Do you love your boss? Do you love your workmates? Do you love the flexibility and lifestyle that goes along with your current job? If you answer yes to all of these, then no, the risk of starting a new business is probably not worth it for you. But if you answered no to some or all of these, then I want to ask you seriously, what have you got to lose? You can always, always go and get another job. But each year you delay starting a business, you delay giving yourself the lifestyle that you crave. And here's a curveball you might want to consider. Maybe that's a self-punishment you think you deserve. And if so, then you might need some deeper work before you do start your own business. Because if anything is going to stop you starting a business, it's negative self-talk and a closed mindset. In fact, there is nothing and no one stopping you from starting your own business but you. You don't have to get a new business up and running tomorrow. You don't need to set aside five or three or even one day a week to get it started. You just need to take one small baby step at a time with whatever time you have to get started. And in a year from now, even if you don't have your dream business open yet, you'll be so much closer than you were and have so much more confidence in your ability to do so. You don't need to open a a five-day-a-week business right now. You can start with one program or a side hustle. But if you keep making excuses as to why you can't start, 
you'll never reach that goal. You'll look back at yourself in retirement and wonder what if. And if there's one thing we've learned from all the research is that's on our deathbed, it's the regrets. So let's start. Write down a goal that you're going to achieve this week. Pick something small, anything. Just write down your dream. That's a start. Write down some business name ideas. That's a start. Write down a goal you can do this week. Go and take the kids for a drive and find some nice nature spots in your local area. That's a big start. Better yet, let yourself dare to dream because that's the only way any of us get what we want. But don't you dare let yourself get in your own way. Well, (laughs) who knew you were coming here for a pep talk today? (laughs) Next business, life coach, right? (laughs) Maybe. No, not quite. But seriously, we've wanted to do a podcast on fear and mindset for a while now. We used to only get the odd email about starting a nature play business, but we are getting them all the time now. And the main thing that mainly women say is, I want to, but I'm scared. And we're here to tell you that's great. Anything new and exciting should be a little bit scary because it should be challenging and fun and exciting. But that certainly shouldn't stop you from doing something that you love. To get all cliche on you, you only have one weird and wonderful life. So how are you going to spend it? What legacy do you want to leave? What do you want to teach and model for your own children? Ask yourself those questions and then write them down. It may not be a nature play business. We don't care. But what we do care is that you're holding back just because of fear or a sense of lack or doubt in your abilities. But we know, we absolutely know that the world would crumble without the skills, the work ethic, the problem solving and the negotiation skills of all the educators and mothers and change makers and grandmothers that we know. It's not a lack of skill stopping you. It's only you stopping yourself. So we're here to tell you today that it's time to get out of your own way. Now, if you want to continue the momentum you're feeling after that little pep talk, (laughs) that little kick up the bum, then come on over and register for our free webinar. It's going to be called Educated to Entrepreneur, Steal Our Step-by-Step Roadmap for Growing Your Own Nature Play Business. And we're going to be sharing with you all our tips and tricks to help you take your first step into the world as a nature play entrepreneur. It's going to be held on Thursday, the 25th of November at 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So that's Brisbane time. And you have to register for this because of Zoom and all the securities. So that's at wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash masterclass. But we will post that on our socials and it will also be in the show notes of the podcast. Until then... It's time to get out of your own way. It's time to knock those fears on the head. It's time to chase those dreams. Stay wild.